The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue Podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. First People's Radio is set to launch its two English and Aboriginal language radio stations in Ottawa and Toronto October 24th. FPR, a non-profit corporation established by the Aboriginal People's Television Network, has an eye to fill the gap for members of Canada's urban Indigenous community that don't hear themselves reflected in the current radio landscape. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, Jean LaRose, the CEO of APTN and chair of the board of directors of First Peoples Radio. Anchored by a network call-in show and a playlist made up of 25% Indigenous artists, LaRose believes it's a groundbreaking radio formula that will win listeners, Indigenous and non-Indigenous alike. Our Indigenous communities in major urban centres across the country are for the most part invisible and when they're not sometimes people have a perception that isn't representative of the entire community and what we really need to do and what we want to do is to both have a medium that allows us to communicate in urban center and you know radio as much as people said you know 30 50 years ago that it was dead is still very much alive and it's a great way to reach people sometimes where they work, in their car, at home, or what have you. And what the inspiration here is to give our people in those centers a voice, a voice where they can hear music <clears throat> from artists of their community, where they can hear about developments, news, uh, happenings, events, what have you, that are relevant to the community, and also have the opportunity to exchange both within the community and with Canadians. We will be launching uh, in the coming months uh, a morning uh, call-in talk show that will allow our community members to speak to issues that are relevant to them in the urban centre and sometimes connected to their community and also allow Canadians to you know, jump in and offer their views and as long as the uh, debate remains respectful the goal is to bring as many people as possible to talk about some of the issues that we face some of the issues that canada face and how those impact us and all of the relevant you know discussions that may happen in day-to-day life so basically we've never really had a voice in urban centers our musicians if you tune in to any radio station uh, you'll be very hard-pressed to find any Indigenous artists on them, and if you do, it's very, very rare, very sporadic, and often you wouldn't even know they are. So we want to break that cycle. We're, we've developed a format that will have 25% Indigenous artists constantly on air, and we will eventually, over time, grow that as we... Uh, as we have more opportunities to present new artists to the community and speak to issues that are relevant to us. And I think this is a format that has resonated in the testing with a lot of Canadians as well as our communities, so we're pretty anxious to see how it actually fares out. 
So what have you heard from the testing period? Well, from the testing period, we've had very, very positive reviews on the music mix and the format. It's a, it's a unique format. Nobody else has anything similar to it. So the reaction was very positive. The reaction was positive also on having programming that allows people to, to speak to issues, but also allows a dialogue to happen. Um, you know, when a lot of Canadians talk about, you know, whether it's reconciliation or trying to understand what's going on, the opportunities for often for them to discuss those and get an understanding are slim. So within the testing period and within the, um, you know, some of the focus groups and everything else we've held for these, reaction was very, very positive and very encouraging. So, I mean, I don't have specific quotes as to what Canadians told us, but overall they said that they were interested in it, they really wanted to hear it, and they would be willing, more than willing, to uh, to listen to it and be part of the conversation. So really, this is a this is a, a network for everybody. It's a network for everybody, but it has it brings a perspective that no one else really raises, which is our perspective. It's targeted to the fact that whoever I tune in when I'm driving home or when I'm listening to radio. Uh, I'm not hearing about us unless it's a situation of either crisis, it's something related to some major political issue, if we're talking pipelines, if we're talking you know, lobster wars or what have you. That's the only time that we hear about ourselves on air. And I think it's time to change that. Time to totally rethink what the reality is. There's a lot of good happening in our communities. A lot of communities who are really have had the opportunity to develop economic uh, development, um, uh, how would I say, uh, develop their economic development base, and really start to change the way the community is being perceived but also operates and bring up the opportunities for people living in those communities. And these stories aren't being told. Nobody hears about them. All we hear about is the, the negative or you know, the perception that we're a drain on the federal treasury and blah, 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 blah. And I think, you know, for anybody who is actually cognizant of our reality, you'll see major eye rolls and everything else because they'll say, well, that's not the reality. And what we want to do is bring that to everybody in Canada. Your on-air talent uh, includes both Indigenous and non-Indigenous personalities. Uh, Former CHFI host Bob McGee, being among them how did you go about uh you know bringing together uh that group of people well we we from the outset we were aiming to have as high a level of indigenous talent on air and through a series of you know i mean we posted uh, widely we held many interviews we've met with many people and we've we found indigenous talent that feels just over 50% of the on-air talent. The rest is non-Indigenous, but part of their, uh, the the challenge we've placed to them and part of the the contract that we've signed with them is that they must also help us train our Indigenous talent, develop new talent, and build up the capacity for Indigenous people to be on-air. And the goal with this here is to really create something that will open up this this, uh, industry to our young and sometimes not so young 
members who really want to get into radio. And over time, we think that as we look to expand the network across the country, there will be many more opportunities. So we're going to use both Toronto and Ottawa stations to start training and mentoring people for our future expansion into the rest of the country. Right. And you you already have partnerships with... Uh uh, other Aboriginal broadcasters in in other markets, um, Mississippi in Saskatchewan and Native Communications in Manitoba. That's correct. Correct. Yes. Yep. So some and that will expand as well. Okay. We're looking to expand those as well. So then, so then some of the programming will be shared. Uh, what I guess what's your what's your big big goal? Uh, you know, in in terms of in terms of how big FPR uh, could reach. Well, <clears throat> FPR and those societies, the goal is to actually start establishing a radio presence in as many markets across Canada as we can, sometimes through the partnerships with those radio stations. For example, with NCI here and with NBC, we will have a presence in Manitoba and uh, Saskatchewan, and we hope at some point to, um, we're talking also to uh, AMSA and uh, Alberta, to see if we can create a similar relationship with them, and I think we will, so that we also have a presence in Alberta. We hope to talk to some of the uh, societies that have uh, stations in BC. We're talking to the Yukon right now. We're um, also going to be uh, looking at talking, uh, hopefully, with some of the other smaller societies across the country. For example, to share the, uh, the, the call-in show, the talk show, from the outset, that talk show is going to be national. It's going to be online. People can listen to it online and call in. But we also want to bring as many of those radio entities into the mix so that we truly have a national discussion around the issues that will be raised uh, during those, uh, that program. So the goal over time is to have us be as prevalent across the country as English and French is, and in some cases as some of the other groups are as well who have established over the years radio stations in major markets where they have a presence to ensure that we also have an opportunity to hear and be heard and to share our realities with the rest of the country. Can you tell me more about this national talk show? Who will host it? And, and uh, it'll, it'll be networked across the country? Well, <clears throat> The goal will eventually be to network it across the country with the communication societies, but it, because it will also be online and it will be uh, on a you know a 1-800 number that's open to everybody uh, in the country, it'll, it's a ni- nationwide number, anybody listening to it online will also be able to participate. And that show is going to be hosted by David Moses who has been a reporter and a non-air personality in the in Six Nations over the uh, over the last few decades and David is well known and well respected in, in the community and he will be the host for that hour every day Monday to Friday now we're still going to be setting times and everything else and final format we're working on it but it will be in most cases a national call-in show some days it may strictly be a talk show where you may have a specific host in which uh, with whom he will be having a, a conversation but the goal is most of the time for it to be a call-in show okay is there also going to be room for i guess crossover programming from aptn well some of our um, news 
programming will uh, will end up as a um, you know as a radio on the radio, uh, such as uh, In Focus. Um, we have also our Investigate series and others. Some of those programs will be aired as well on FPR. And we're also talking to some of our member societies. For example, we're looking at some of the. Uh, the Cree programming from NBC, some of the Ojibwe programming from NCI, and looking to others also to help us create language programming. We've made a commitment to bring to air a lot of our languages, especially those that are relevant to those urban centers to start, and eventually expand it into more so that people who, you know, some of our community members who've moved into urban centers but who still speak the language or are connected to their community and to the language will be able to hear the, uh, the, the you know some, some programming whether it be some history some culture some the talk show or what have you they'll be able to access it in their language and be able to share it in their language uh, FPR formed a partnership with Chorus Radio early on can you tell me how uh, that radio network has been involved in helping APTN drive this forward well, I, I, I will say that Chorus was probably one of the, uh, the biggest single entity to support us from a mainstream perspective. From the outset, when, uh, when we approached them to say, you know, we're looking for space, we know, we hope you have maybe some space that we could sublease from you, because obviously as a new entity, we're not exactly rolling in the millions. So... What they did is they looked around their their various uh, locations in both Ottawa and Toronto and came to us with a few ideas. And finally, um, they they proposed to us some space in Chorus Key where they're located in Toronto, as well as Maryvale Road in Ottawa, that more than exceeded any of our hopes. And they've provided it to us, you know, as a very fair value, which allows us, in fact, to be able to devote most of our remaining resources to build a network as opposed to overhead and capital costs or what have you. So the the relationship probably expanded from the fact that over the years we've always had a good relationship with Global, with some of the senior people there and others, and we've tried in many occasions to work with them, and often sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that's the reality of what we do separately. It doesn't always fit together. But the relationship was key to us being able to establish such a strong and well-placed uh, presence in both those markets. A lot of not-for-profit stations face a little bit of instability in their first few years in terms of funding and staff turnover. Uh, have have you, uh, I guess, given thought to um, uh, you know how how FPR is going uh, to weather that? Well, uh, we're we're a not-for-profit, but we're also set up to deal as a business. We have no funding from any source. Anybody who thinks that maybe we're being funded by the feds or anybody else, um, you know, we need to correct that impression. Basically, we are self-funded. We, um, at the outs from the outset, we uh, we approached the uh, major financial institution, presented the business plans to them, told them what we were uh, aiming for. When we were licensed, they looked at what we got as a license, came back to us and said, well, here's what we're willing to offer you, and we've got to make it work with that. So we'll be, we will be doing what every other station does, which is go out, look for advertising revenue, really 
try and connect with <clears throat> advertisers in those markets and hopefully sell the airtime that we expect to sell based on initial reactions to ensure that we we are not only self-sufficient but generates a bit of excess uh, revenue that we can then apply to some of the expansion opportunities that we have in mind. What do you think is the biggest misconception uh, that that these these stations uh, face going forward? Well, I raised one of them. Everybody assumes that because we're uh, indigenous owned, obviously it means we're government funded, and again, we're milking the system. <clears throat> This is very far from the truth in the case of Element FM. There's been no funding from day one. There's been no uh, no support of any type. That's the first one we face. And the other one quite often is that, uh, you know, the, the programming may only be relevant to the Indigenous community. The music may only be of interest to the Indigenous community that maybe the music will have is, you know, uh, only uh, things like a traditional or... Uh, other forms of music, and that's not the reality at all. Uh, I think the what we will have certainly will have some of that. There will be programming devoted to that, but during the day when you're driving to work, when you're driving home, when you're at work listening to the radio, you will be hearing a mix of some of our best artists that most people don't even know exist, and when they listen to them, they'll just say, wow, that's a great tune. Who the hell is that? Never heard it before. And they'll discover a whole new world that actually pretty well uh, fits into uh, their vision of what uh, good entertainment is. Many thanks to APTN CEO Jean LaRose. If you're in the Toronto area, you can tune in to Element FM on 106.5 FM in Ottawa, 95.7 on the FM dial. The station will also be available online at element, E-L-M-N-T dot FM. On Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast next week, Jeff Vidler from Audience Insights shares the latest findings from the Canadian Podcast Listener Study. I'm Connie Thiessen. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.